0: Whether you're stuck at the mall, in the yard, or making a quick trip to the home improvement store, we've got your back. It's
1: gonna be May.
0: This is the Saturday Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: Welcome back to the Saturday show. Hour two underway here on this Saturday. Hope you all are doing great out there wherever you might be. I want to remind you guys that Jimmy's Flowers is part of our sponsorship group here on the Zone Sports Network. Valentine's Day is just weeks away, and Jimmy's Flowers can make it easy with ready-made or custom-designed arrangements. Order today at jimmysflowers.com or visit their stores in Bountiful, Layton, or Ogden. That's our friends at Jimmy's Flowers. And guys, don't screw this up. Nobody screwed up. Valentine's Day is important. Let's be very clear about that. Jeff, have you been making plans for Valentine's Day already, or are you a guy that does last minute?
3: I'm going to say something that you don't I know you, my wife is not listening to. You don't do s- Valentine's Day? I absolutely do Valentine's okay. Day. Last year, I went hard for Valentine's Day. There's a jazz game on Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah, there is, isn't there? So I'll have to do another day, which... Yeah. Bless my wife's heart. Don't know how she puts up with me, but she's usually pretty good about, hey, if we've got something going on on a particular day, we can do something another day. It's all right.
2: That's good because in this industry, you're seeing if you know, there needs to understand that sports are, you know, you're at the, you're beholden to the schedule. Let's put it that way. Yeah, well, and this year has been brutal as far as holidays go for the Jazz. It has, <laughs> yes. so no doubt about that. All right, uh, so yeah, get your get your flowers. Jimmyflowers.com. Don't screw it up. They make it easy for you guys. All right, time to talk a little BYU. I guess football in particular, but I think BYU sports as a whole. Uh, BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo held his super secret annual media summit down there in Provo. I say super secret because it's just a joke we've always had that you're only allowed to send one person from each media organization. And they you, you, we'll tell you the time and place later. It's it's not necessarily that secret, but it it is kind of funny that way. But he had some very interesting things to say. The the Cougars obviously are getting ready to head to the Big 12 beginning in 2023. That is a full expectation. Tom spoke as if that's a foregone conclusion at this point, uh, but we're looking forward to that. But the biggest thing is with, the, with what BYU is facing as they make this transition to the Big 12, and this is where we'll start with the audio, Is that there is still, there was a lot of work done for BYU to get into the Big 12, but according to Tom,
1: still plenty to do. The day that it was announced that we're in the Big 12, People celebrate like crazy, like we had arrived. My first thing was, "Oh no, <laughs> you know, we have so much work to do." I really don't know on a on a clock if it were, if we're at two o'clock or eleven o'clock. It just seems to me like there's a lot of work to do and a very little time. He's not he's not wrong.
2: Like relatively, and the, the, the funny thing about this is you can play both sides of this. I think BYU can look 40 miles to the north at Utah and their transition to the Pac-12. is a little bit of a, of a roadmap of what they need to do, uh, pitfalls to avoid, uh, things that they should emphasize as they make this transition to the Big 12. The thing is, Utah got announced they are members of the, of the Pac-12 and they jumped in almost immediately afterwards. BYU will have known for the better part of two years that they are going to the Big 12. They have some ramp-up time to get ready, but in the relative overall scheme of things, it's not a lot of time because BYU is going to have to upgrade all kinds of stuff. Uh, performance, obviously, on the field is, is the number one thing, but you need to have behind the scenes, you got to have the staffers there, you got have the nutrition behind it. You got to have so many different things that are going to have to be upgraded to Fit with what you're going into here in the Big 12. And I think that BYU has done a pretty good job at understanding where they're deficient and trying to upgrade that. And we'll talk more about that. There's another uh, quote we'll get to later on in the segment from Tom about budgets and BYU fitting in with their new Big 12 counterparts. But I think he's right. There's not relatively a ton of time, but they do have a little bit of a runway here to hopefully – be ahead of the curve as compared to maybe Utah was when they joined the Big 12. And I'm not saying that BYU is going to go into the Big 12 and be 10 and 2 and in basketball they're going to be a top 4 in the in the Big 12 in the basketball sense. But I feel like with the extra time Hopefully they can be a little more competitive right off the bat. We'll see, but all right. So the other thing I, coming out of this is, in terms of schedules uh, for BYU, they obviously were independent for the for actually over a decade, and they're having to work on the scheduling and making sure that. They're synced up with regards to teams, other teams coming in because Cincinnati, Houston, UCF are trying to exit the AAC. There were comments from Mike Oresco, the American Athletic Conference commissioner earlier this week, saying that they hope to have those r- wrapped up relatively soon and that they'll have a date on when those teams are going to leave the AAC and join the Big 12. Well, I think BYU, they're trying to sync up with those other three teams when it comes to scheduling and getting everything on the same page going into the Big 12.
1: I think this spring there will be some meetings where we'll get a little bit more down into the nitty-gritty of how and what we're doing differently. You know, Some things still need to be determined as for entry times and exit times for some of the schools. And so that's going to get a little tricky closer as we get to those, op- those dates.
2: And that, that's the thing about that is – as it stands, the American, Athletics Con- the American Athletic Conference's grant of rights, which own the media rights for the three schools who are joining BYU and joining the Big 12, that is set to expire in 2024, which uh, they're trying to negotiate a buyout to allow those programs to make the jump with BYU. But it is tricky because... As it stands, those schools are going to owe the American Athletic Conference some money. The other six schools that the American Athletic Conference is bringing in to bolster themselves with the exit of those three schools, well, they owe their conferences money. There, There's a trickle-down effect here, and there will be lawyers involved and billable hours and lots of fun legalese that's going to go into all of this. There will be money paid. But at the same time, I think everybody that's being affected by this most recent round of conference realignment, they understand they've all got to play ball together because this all kind of goes in a circle. And if, you, if you're if you going to play hardball with somebody, usually karma's going to come back and get you. So I, I like that Tom is saying, we're yes, it's going to be tricky to make sure we line it all up, but they're doing everything within their power to make sure that it is lined up so that all four of those schools – Hopefully we'll be joining the conference at the same time. BYU can jump whenever. Really, they could, but the other three, they're they're the bigger hang up here. Now, uh there are a lot of BYU fans out there, and I actually have some that are very close to me, they're legitimately family of mine, who are asking me, Well, Jake, what's happening with that Provo High Campus? Are they gonna turn that into the new BYU athletic campus? Like is that is that where like the football offices and their practice fields and I don't know. And Tom Homo, well, he lays out what to expect in terms of facility upgrades and that type of stuff in the lead up to the Big 12?
1: No, not before now when it's before it starts. We're two years away. You could probably build a building between now and two years, but you probably uh, probably wouldn't be as good as you'd want. I think right now where we're at with facilities is trying to look at uh, kind of a master plan and where we could be five or ten years from now. That's how far out you'd have to go in order to build some things that would be right. You're, but you could say, like, nutrition, that's not necessarily a facility where you're building a new facility, but you could be upgrading your existing facilities. So I think there's a range from adjustments and maybe edits to new, new structures.
2: Kate. He's right. You're, you're not going to just throw a building together or buildings together in two years. Let me also school some of you to the game with regards to how BYU goes about building, especially their athletic facilities. Uh, Jeff, you may know a little bit about this. I don't know if you do, though. And if you do, feel free to pop in with this. But there was a lot made of BYU football when they upgraded their locker room. And it was open this past offseason to great uh, aplomb and players were loving it, all, all that stuff. And it was a very cool thing. There were a lot of people who complained for years and years and years that BYU's locker room was crap and it needed to be upgraded, and all this other stuff needs to be upgraded. Uh, The facilities over at Lavelle Edwards Stadium need to upgrade the the boxes. They need to upgrade the locker room at the at the stadium. They need to build a new football palace for the football team itself. How BYU operates with regards to facilities, they create what they call an endowment fund. They collect money from all their donors for years and years and years. And when they finally break ground on a facility, and this actually, I think, goes for the entire campus anymore— The money that has gone in to building said facility, so, for example, the student-athlete building, which houses BYU's locker room, the practice fields are right behind. It actually houses a lot of the other sports as well. It's got their nutrition center, the weight room, all that stuff. That building, when ground was broken on it way back when, I think it was in the early to mid-2000s, ground was broken on that. Every penny that that facility was going to use then and into perpetuity— talking about the future, was paid for. There's an endowment fund that funds that facility in perpetuity. It takes care of the upkeep. It takes care of everything, upgrades over the years. That is done before ground is broken on a facility at BYU. They're not going to do something just build it, go. That's not how they do things. So uh, that, so that, that may be revolutionary to some people. It may be like, why would you do that? I actually think it's kind of smart in some cases with BYU. They want to make sure those facilities actually for the lifespan of however they project them to last. And in most cases, I think you're projecting probably 30, 40, 50 years down the road. The hope is that those buildings, they will, you can upgrade them as needed along the way until you need to replace them. And all that money that you will need for it, you're not having to borrow from the future. It's already paid for up front. So, yeah, very interesting uh, circumstance all the way around. Uh, And so coming up on this next one this next cut from from tom homo uh it was interesting and so i'm actually kind of going out of sequential order of how tom asked about these questions i I actually went through the entire thing and pulled out this stuff so the one i'm talking about here coming up next and i I apologize jeff i didn't label it the right way so yeah your text message don't worry i know i'm producing on the air but don't worry I, i know where i'm going on this he talked early on in this press conference about matchups and not just matchups on the field with the Big 12, matchups across the board. And I thought it was very interesting what he had to say about how BYU kind of, in, in my mind, this is how Tom kind of perceives BYU as they get ready to join the Big 12 conference. Here you go.
1: And so if you talk about matchups, a lot of it would come down to recruiting. You know, are we going to be able to match up with talent? I think there's some other aspects of matchups would be, like, how are our facilities? Uh, are we going to be able to provide great training opportunities? I think you could look at nutrition and sports science is a new thing. So we're just trying to look at all of the things that will put our student athletes in the best position. It's not like I think we're deficient. We just need to know the areas that we can upscale.
2: Yeah, we're deficient right there in upscale. That's what I think BYU, I think, and the, the biggest thing with BYU going into the Big 12 is, as I mentioned, they can look at Utah, TCU, some of these other programs in, rec- in recent memory in the last decade or so that made the jump from the G5 to the P5, and they can project, okay, we're going to need X number of dollars, we're going to need this type of staff, we're going to need all this stuff. But at the same time, until you actually are In it, you will not actually know what you need, if that makes sense. And that is where I think Tom is actually being very smart about how he is going about preparing the BYU Athletic Department as a whole, not just the football program, the entire athletic department, for this jump to go into the Big 12. And there is going to be... A learning curve. There absolutely is. University of Utah had it, TCU had it. Anybody who is any program, even if you've gone from the FCS to the G5 level, there is a learning curve and a adjustment period that needs to take place. That is, you try and uh, figure out, okay, we need to do this, we need to do that, we need to project for that. But until you're actually at that level, I don't think you'll fully know where you stand per se. So I actually like the fact that Tom is saying we will adjust as necessary. The other thing about this is BYU is coming into more money as an athletic department than they have ever had in their history. Uh, It's also a, I don't know if it's a secret, but BYU athletics has to eat what it kills. Every money it, every money, every money, every dollar of money that it spends is money that it has to raise itself. And BYU is going to make more money as a member of the Big 12 than they've ever made as as an athletic department. So in theory, that is going to hopefully expand rosters, uh, not rosters, expand coaching staffs, expand uh, opportunities for rosters to have better nutrition access, uh, better weight room facilities, all that stuff. The hope is that more money equals more for everybody. And I think that's how Tom Homo is trying to go about gearing up for BYU as they enter the Big 12. We'll see. I, I think the biggest thing is, they can project as much as they want, but until they actually enter the conference and maybe give it a year, two, or three to see where things stand, the nice part is he says, we will try and upscale to meet the demand on that front. Now, moving along here with some more of these cuts that uh, Tom Homo had during this, uh, the, the the biggest thing is how the new scheduling for the Big 12 is going to go. Now, the interesting part is is we are hearing from both the Big Ten as well as the Pac-12 that they're seriously considering, if not already planning on, downsizing their conference schedule from nine games to eight games. The thought is that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten would put together a series where they actually play each other in that slot. That ninth game would actually become a an inter-conference Inter-con- inter- a showdown between those two conferences. The biggest question right now, and we already kind of heard it from Tom Homo earlier, is that there's going to be meetings later this spring to determine the schedules and whatnot for the Big 12. We don't know if it's going to be eight or nine conference games for the Big 12. They have had nine because they only had 10 teams. They played a round-robin format. They called it the one true champion. and It was actually kind of an interesting format. Now, as you go to 14 teams until Texas and Oklahoma take off and then dip back down to 12— who knows what it's going to look like? Regardless if it's eight or nine, Tom Homo says that they will prioritize in their non-conference playing in-state games, and in theory, that would include both Utah and Utah State.
1: I'd say yes for the in-state schools. I think that's important. We have a, we have a really good tradition of playing the in-state schools. At least the initial part of our schedule, we're, we won't be able to in some areas.
2: And that thing right there is, yes, they are trying to downsize 12 and 13-game schedules right now into three, maybe four games. So there is a lot of movement with schedules for BYU and trying to move games. And, yeah, there is a very clear possibility that BYU could go one or two years without playing an in-state team. It's not that BYU doesn't want to. It's not that BYU is trying to big-time anybody. It's just the simple fact of the matter that BYU is trying to figure out where to move some of these games and have to cancel some of them with regards to their what they had set up as an independent. They had games, I think Tom said during this media session, they were full on games all the way out to 2027. So let's see, that's yeah, it's 2022, 2023, 2024. That is six years' worth of games that you're having to move around now like, he said that we're not adding teams right now to our non-conference schedule. We've pretty much got everything we're going to have for the foreseeable future. You're going to have to adjust them, obviously, and say, hey, okay, can you move to X year here? And that should yield some pretty decent non-conference matchups. But at the same time, I don't envy Tom Homo and his staff's job at trying to un- unentangle themselves from all of that. Now, uh, similar to this, he also said, do not expect a rivalry game every, every year. Here's Tom.
1: We have some other teams that we've had rivalries with and have good, good played more than others, like um, Boise State, the Pac-12. We've had some real good rivalries, and we have scheduled games. Those are decisions that still need to be made as to when we can get back and how we will get back. Will it be a consistent every year rivalry where we're playing a rivalry game every year? You've seen that. I'd say the answer would be no.
2: He's not wrong. It's tough. Like, I look at that, and I, I'm i of the opinion that if they can get it to where I, if you're playing Utah, I say, home and home every two to four years, so you play a game in Provo, a game in Salt Lake City, and that comes across a two- or four-year span, I think that's good enough. I think it keeps the rivalry alive. The fan bases, we all know, will keep it alive themselves because this is about as rabid a rivalry as you will find in the country, and I mean that sincerely. I love it dearly, but... The reality is there are two teams in the Power Five that are in two different conferences and trying to sync up your schedule. It's harder than you might think, especially on BYU's case right now, just with with regards trying to figure out all of the other games they have laid out. So very interesting. All right, final thing here. uh, It's what I've been promising we'd get to. In terms of budgeting for BYU, they're going to have a bigger budget than they've ever had before. They're going to have more money coming in than they've ever had before. But if you're a BYU fan who's thinking BYU is going to go out there and be Oklahoma or Texas where you're going to have a $170 million athletic budget, hold your horses.
1: We're not going to try to jump up and create some budget based on where the rank would be. It gives you kind of an indication of what their budget might be, and you can get it. It's all public information. But it's interesting to look at Oklahoma and Texas. And it's interesting to look at BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, and Houston, Houston excuse me, Where, and then look at the, the members that will be staying. I think all of those numbers are important. I like looking, like right now, if you were to just take football, we're spending a lot of time on football and the, the actual organization of the football program. Uh, coach, coaching changes that doesn't change, but there's maybe support staff, and you can look at anybody along in any of those groups or teams that I mentioned, and you'll see different titles, but you won't know really what the job description is, and you'll see different numbers, and that's where I'm saying that's kind of the the strategy is that's kind of a matchup too. Are we going to be able to match Oklahoma or Kansas? Well, if you look at Kansas' basketball operation, are we, do, are we do we think we're going to just go right to the top? Where do we go? Well, I'm talking about in terms of uh, structure. And the answer is no. That's where we have to be smart enough and strategic enough to try to get to the point where we feel we're best to start. And then we may overshoot or be way under. But you want to be as close to where you think is right for BYU. And that's what we're doing right now, Patrick.
2: So, yeah, BYU is going to have a bigger budget than they've ever had. Uh, That's very clear. But, yeah, any belief that BYU suddenly is going to be spending $100 million on football, uh, yeah, that's not in the near-term future. It would be fun. But, yeah, BYU is going to spend more. There's obviously clearly about that. But at the same time, I think they're going to be within reason. That's just kind of how BYU operates. So very interesting comments from Tom Homo. If you've not heard the entirety of that media session, you can go to 1280. Actually, no. Not 1280, 1280 com. Search out the Zone Sports Network, the BYU Cougars feed, on your uh, podcast provider of choice. Uh, we are still actually currently working on 1280 com, Hoping to have it back up soon. But, uh, yeah, so just search out Brigham Young University or BYU on your podcast provider of choice. Uh, we have it up there on our BYU uh, Twitter feeds. Uh, not Twitter. Podcast feeds. I am all over the place on this. so I apologize. But yeah, check it out on your podcast provider of choice. It's obviously a very interesting conversation. And we hit on maybe a tenth of what was in that media session. So there's going to be plenty of fodder for us to use in coming days and weeks on that front from Tom Homo. All right, coming up next, we'll get to five minutes of, uh, talk a little bit about sake. Yeah, some of you probably wonder what is soccer. We talk soccer and hockey, also talk some college hoops. We still got a lot to go on the Saturday show. I want to remind you guys that the Saturday show is brought to you by our friends over at Mountainland Supply. They are our title sponsor, where the pros go for plumbing, landscaping, irrigation, agricultural irrigation, HVAC parts, tools, and safety equipment. Find a location near you at Mountainland.com. more in a moment right here on 97.5 fm 1280 am and the zone sports network
0: let's go live we talk jazz utes cougars and aggies even on the weekend weekend. you're locked on to the saturday show on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network
2: Welcome back to the Saturday show here on the Zone Sports Network. Thank you for joining us, Jay Catch. Uh, lots to get to still ahead on today's show, but uh, interesting thing out here. Uh, Jeff, I think we have touched on a nerve here on our jazz takes today. And OsteoMath is actually a very uh, loyal listener of ours, and he brings up something interesting here. Uh, he, I, I know he's listening because because he used this term. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, because I used that term earlier today, he says the Utah Jazz would have a coach who rewards and takes advantage of performance. He says instead he is playing a slow wing with an avulsion fracture, speaking of Boyan Bogdanovich, who logs a one for nine from three and a plus minus a minus 15 in a team leading 32 minutes. He uh, quote tweeted a tweet, though, that said Daniel House had 21 points and played just 16 minutes, speaking of last night's game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Also played great defense, should have finished the game, but nah, why make adjustments? Now, I would argue a little bit on the House defensive side of things. I don't think he's necessarily as elite defensively as some may make him out to be. He is a good defensive player. I think that's clear. He he was very good offensively last night. I, I am an advocate for Daniel House being on this roster the rest of the season. You're going to be on a minimum deal. I think in these, t- these 10 days and the hardship deals he's been on, I think he's been very, very good, and he's been effusive in his praise. You, you, we talked about this in the break here, Jeff. The, he's been effusive in his praise of his time with the Jazz so far. The other issue is, though, Boyan Bogdanovich makes 30 some million dollars a year. He has been a starter for you since the second he arrived in Utah, and he has been more often one of the key cogs on this team than not. I don't see him getting benched
3: balancing adjusting as needed with trusting the system is not a job that I envy Quinn having to do. I'm just going to leave it at that.
2: Yeah. And it's one of those things that he is um, he's trying to balance. Absolutely. But
3: yeah, I I, I don't know. Well, and you also uh, you do need to put the people out there who are performing, but you also don't want to bench Bogan make him think that he isn't good enough to be playing right now and then break his confidence.
2: I do think if Boyan is more injured than... If his injury is helping... Let's back up on that. If his injury is hurting more than helping him and the team, that's when the conversation needs to be had with regards to him sitting down, getting healthy, and then coming back. If they feel like he continued to be effective with that splint on that finger, there are doctors, coaches... GMs, owners, who are all weighing in on that, they're signing off on it, I'll trust that they're going to say he's okay to go.
3: And who's to say that he and Quinn haven't been sitting down this week, game by game, let's see how this went, how are you feeling, how do you feel like you're doing, that they're talking about this so that they can work together, Uh instead of Quinn just making a decision and bogey dealing with it, about what is best for him and the team.
2: And I do think that is going to be a conversation that continues. It's, it, it's not going to be a one-time thing. It's going to continue to be a conversation. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. But thanks, Osteomath, uh, for weighing in. I, I thought it was interesting, uh, your take on that. But I appreciate it. I, I, I will take any and all comments. You guys can follow us, at Jacob C. Hatch. Uh, Jeff, I still don't know your Twitter handle. I still
3: need to change it. Maybe. No, see. If I don't make it recognizable, then I can't get the hate flooding in. So what
2: hate? What are you talking about? Hate? Come on now. Well, with
3: with Twitter recognition always comes Jeff. People so, upset.
2: E, so it's Jeff Fafa underscore BC. So J E F F F A F A underscore BC. Send all of your angry missives to Jeff Fafa BC. There you go. All right, time for five minutes of, and let's start it off as we typically do with Saki.
0: Salah steps up. The foot goal! Egypt move on to the quarterfinals. Gabaski is the hero. And the pharaohs are on to the last eight. Heartbreak for Cote d'Ivoire. Joy for Egypt. Give it away. Carolina special.
3: captain to keep his team alive. Six for 17. Koskinen to win his third straight start. Needs a save. Yossi. hitter
0: Stopped. Miko Koskinen and the Edmonton Oilers prevail. The final three to two in a shootout. His win well, all the way through and this time Gonzalez is heroic rather than
2: There you go, open of soccer where we kind of meld soccer and hockey. Let's start off on the hockey front of things. Uh, The interesting thing about this is in hockey, COVID-19 has had its issues, and obviously it precluded NHL players from going to Beijing for the Beijing Winter Olympics, which actually start February 3rd, coming up this week. And we have great coverage. KSLSports.com, uh, KSL TV, Sam Farnsworth uh, from KSL uh, Sports is headed over to cover things there in Beijing in person. So crazy thing it's coming that quickly. But COVID-19 has caused all kinds of issues. But the Buffalo Sabres have been hit pretty dang hard. They are potentially down to, not their first, not their second, not their third, not their fourth, not their fifth, their sixth option at goalie after COVID-19
3: has just absolutely wrecked their goalie unit. I know it's a different sport, but speaking as a a former soccer goalie, to Uh be that far down and be like, all right, you're up, it's just like, what 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 is hockey? What do I do? I and I don't mean that disrespectfully, but when you're that far down, you're just like you're just not expecting it. I don't know what you do.
2: Uh, just that seems tough and they're gonna might have to sign somebody it sounds like they have some players that they're hopefully gonna get cleared but man down to your sixth option at goalie crazy enough um also congratulations to the new york rangers legend henrik lungfist uh the former goalkeeper had his number 30 race to the rafters at madison square garden last night big crowd on hand uh the rangers did lose three to two to minnesota to the minnesota wild but he's the 11th uh, rangers player to have his number retired by the franchise and He's a legend. There's no doubt about that. I I, I don't proclaim to be a hockey savant, expert, but Henrik Lundfist is very, very good at what he did for many, many years and was a legend with the New York Rangers. So congratulations to him. Uh, He finished his playing career in 2020 with the Rangers. Uh, So there you go. All right, now on to soccer here for a moment. Uh, Let's keep it local to start off. Congratulations to Everton Louise. He has been re-signed by Real Salt Lake on a one-year deal to... Stay with the club he's been with for I think three seasons now.
3: Yeah, no, I I love Everton. He he can get a little bit temperate at times. Um, he's he's gotten a red card or two in his time, but <laughs> yeah, when he's able to keep it just below that, he's he's an absolute monster uh, in the defensive midfield. Keep it a
2: slow simmer, as what as, as as it were. Uh, he's a good player. A one-year deal, interesting. I thought maybe a the year team option, but just a one-year arrangement between the two clubs. Um, also, on the national team front, Jeff, I know you and I uh, are big fans of the U.S. men's national team. I think we, most of us out there are. We like to support our home nation. Uh, they got a win over El Salvador 1-0 Thursday night, and now they head to
3: face uh, Canada, who has been Top the group. lights out. Yeah, Canada's top of the group. It's going to be a tough match. We drew at home against Canada our last time against them. Um I'll tell you what. I know that we're probably breaking off some rust, but we're going to have to play better than we played against El Salvador against Canada to uh to get a win.
2: Uh one note on that Timothy Weah. I think I'm, I always struggle with his name. Weah Wea, Wea, Weah Weah. Wea. Well, he did not make the trip to Canada.
3: Yeah, because his vaccine status is it works it in France. It works in France where he plays, uh-huh. but it does not work in Canada.
2: So there was some clarification on that. So you're probably wondering, okay, Jake, how, Jake, what, what does that mean? He got his first shot for COVID 19, got his first vaccination, then got COVID, recovered from it, has not gotten the second shot, apparently, but under the way France delineates him being vaccinated, shot and getting COVID apparently works in France for being vaccinated. Canada it does not. He needs to have that second shot, allegedly. So there you go. That's that's why Timothy Weah cannot cross the border to play with the U.S. men's national team in that match against Canada. The good news is if USA Team USA, the U.S. men's national team, wins all three of these matches in this current round of uh, international duty, and with some help, they can actually clinch a World Cup spot. That'd be pretty cool. We'll see. I, I don't necessarily think that happens this go-around, but... You take care of business. You can find yourself right on the doorstep of getting back into the uh, World Cup in Qatar. In is it November? Is when it starts? That we're looking yeah. at, Jeff. Yeah, weird. All right. Anything else soccer-wise you feel like we need to hit on?
3: So I do have one thing okay. uh, coming out of the NWSL. All right. So I'm fire away. Trying to see if you know what this is or not, because if I know something that I'm that you don't, I'm just like wow, because you're again you're such an aficionado. Um, so former Utah Royals captain Amy Rodriguez is retiring Uh, she announced her retirement yesterday i did not Um, see this yeah so she she announced her retirement yesterday um after the royals shut down Mm -hmm. i don't know what the proper phrasing is they got relocated Um, yeah relocated to kansas city City. Mm -hmm. um so she was with kansas city and then she was with uh, the north carolina courage and uh yesterday she announced that she'd be retiring and returning to her alma mater of usc to be an assistant coach for their women's team um, right. So I uh, was rocking my, my Royals Amy Rodriguez jersey yesterday. Um, I'm a big fan of hers. I think she's a great player, great teammate, great leader. Um, and I wish her all the best in her retirement. Well, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, She had a
2: very, very good career. There's no doubt about that. So, uh, And with the women's national team as well. Yeah, well, I, well, yeah. You add that. I'll say on the national team stage, even more so. She oh was, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely more so. Incredible. So yeah, uh, happy trails to Amy Rodriguez. besides she she's eating right back in, she's right into coaching. So that'd be fun. All right, I'll uh, quickly here, let's also hit on some college hoops real quick. Uh local teams in action today include Utah. They are at Washington, a three o'clock tip between the Utes and the Huskies. Uh the Utes are one in ten in the Pac-12. They've lost nine straight conference games hoping to avoid uh, dropping to 1-11 and and having it 10 straight losses today when they take on the Huskies. Huskies 10-8, and 5-3, and 3, a little bit of a turnaround season right now for Washington. They were actually expected to kind of be where Utah's at this season by most people when it came to preseason projections. You also have BYU in action tonight. Uh, the Cougars after the debacle of loss on Thursday night. Uh, um, so I saw your Twitter on that one. Uh, Almost everything that could go wrong in the final minute of that game did to have BYU lose a game, and they did not help themselves. They fell all over themselves. That was pathetic. Lack of a better term. Uh, The Cougars are in action against Pacific tonight. It'll be their second and final matchup in the regular season against the Tigers. 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPNU. And then Utah State in action tonight. Scotty G is in Reno, Nevada. The Aggies taking on the Wolf Pack. That'll be an 8 o'clock tip on CBS Sports Network. Of course, you can hear all of the action of Utah State basketball right here on the Zone Sports Network. Pre-game coverage with Scott Gerrard begins at 7.30 right here on the zone. Other teams in action. Weber State takes on Sacramento State. Uh, Dixie State is at Chicago State. And I thought, no, maybe not. I thought that UVU was in action, but maybe I'm missing something here. No, I'm not. All right, so UVU is not in action today. So there you go. That is the college basketball slate today. Uh, BYU, by the way, despite that rough loss, the way they lost that game, is the, it's, it's worse than the loss itself, just the way they lost it. Uh, Cougars still very much in the NCAA tournament projections out there. So... Not to fear, we'll at least, we at least have one in state program, it looks like, on their way to the big dance. All right, so there you go. You are now caught up on everything else that we meant to talk about ahead on today's show. We'll get some of your final thoughts, your feedback, um, also some other notes before we go out the door coming up next, right here on the Saturday Show.
0: The weekend is here, and we're breaking down the teams that you're passionate about. Oh, really? This is the Saturday Show on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: Welcome back to the Saturday Show here on the Zone Sports Network. Thank you for joining us. It's been actually a really fun show. It has flown by. I love doing radio. Let me be clear about this. It's fun to produce. It's fun to host. It's just it's a blast. So thank you for joining us. Hope you guys have had some fun along the way here. Um, on our way out the door here, Jeff, uh, I don't know. Uh, you probably didn't see this last night because you are working the game. But Salt Lake City uh, has announced that they have uh, – they're snowplows. I believe they have 10 of them. They have officially named all of their city snowplows. They had a contest for this in December. They threw it out there. You could vote on the names. And they officially named all 10 of them. I want to run down the names here. You ready? Inky, pinky, winky, Clyde. No,
3: not that. No. Number one, Sled Zeppelin. Love it. I'm a fan of that one. I was going to say, if these are all puns, then oh. I'd... I, Yes. I'm I'm for it. I'm all for it. Number two, Flake Effect.
2: Lake Effect Snow. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe you haven't lived here long enough to know about Lake Effect Snow. Um, next one. This one's the one that I actually voted for because I do it for every contest now when you name something. Snowy McSnowface. Because there's that Bodie McBoatface deal that happened years ago that now we just continue to use that. Next one has a jazz tie to it. Rudy Snowbear,
3: I actually love that. That's, that's great. A good
2: one. Uh, this one, John Bon Snowy,
3: love that as well. We're one. halfway
2: there. Okay. Anyways, I
3: was gonna say that's what. Yeah, that's what we're saying when we're driving out in the snow. We're living on a prayer. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I hope he has like a speaker on his that plays Bon Jovi while they while they go on.
2: Another fun one. That I, this is one of my favorites. The Notorious P L O W. I like that one a lot. That was I'm a big fan of that one. Next one, Utah tie, University of Utah football tie, Ice Eccles, Rice Eccles. That's good. <laughs> Next one, Snowy Juan Kenobi. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan. I think I think we did some good, good work here, folks. Next one, No more Mr. Ice Guy. That's good. And then finally, sugar plows. <laughs> so there you go. That is the um, 10 Salt Lake City plows that will be uh, helping out with snow if we get another snowstorm this winter, which we've we've gotten some snow, but we have not. The, the storms we had in December, you can think that like we had some pretty big storms. It's been a rather snowless January, let's put it that way. Yeah. Oh, it was cold this morning. It was cold this morning, It was yeah. very cold this morning. I have a brother who lives up in Logan. Negative digits this morning when he woke up. Yeah, so fun times. All right. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. I thought it was kind of fun to talk about. I, I thought they were fun names, some connections to local teams and just having fun all the way around. I thought it was pretty cool, their snow removal program. Jake Scott says this all the time. last thing on this. With snow removal in the state of Utah, this state and, like, this area, the Wasatch Front, does a better job of snow removal than I think most municipalities around the country. We've got it down. Like they do a good job. It's not perfect. I was gonna say I'm just trusting you on that. It's not perfect, (laughs) but it's better than a lot of places. They do. They do a good job. They they keep the main arteries rolling. That's the good news. Getting to those arteries.
3: Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. The main stuff. They can be sketchy. Not not so. Yeah, and unfortunately, no matter how well or poorly they plow, does not affect that. Apparently. Even people who have lived here for a long time still don't know how to drive in the snow.
2: Watch yourself. I'm a Utah native, Jeff. I, I take offense to that term. <laughs> Them fight words. You should. All right. Anyways, uh, so that that's gonna do it for today. I thought it was kind of a fun note to go out on. So. Cool names. I thought they were pretty fun. You can go to um, sl.gov. I, so, uh, so like, just search out something like city snow plows. It'll pop up on Google. All right, that's gonna do it for today's show. Quick reminder though that Valentine's Day is coming soon. Uh, the staff over there at Jimmy's Flowers can create something for you or get one of their ready-to-go arrangements for any budget. Jimmy's Flowers has stores in Bountiful, Layton, or Ogden, or you can go online and order there at jimmysflowers.com. Make sure you order early. And I cannot emphasize that. Order early if you want what you're trying to get. That's our friends at Jimmy's Flowers. All right, that's going to do it. For Jeff, I'm Jake. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Saturday Show, brought to you by Mountainland Supply. Have a great rest of your day, and we'll be back with you guys soon. This has been the Saturday Show right here on 97.5 FM, 1280 AM, and the Zone Sports Network. See you.